listening to the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. And welcome to My Pet Podcast. I'm Beck, and I'm joined by Dr. Glenn. Hello. Um, in this episode, Glenn and I, we're going to discuss uh, looking after um, birds, in particular your budgies and your cockatiels, those little pet birds that we tend to keep at home. Yeah, probably the most common um, caged pet birds we yeah. see. Yeah. So we're going to talk about, we're going to discuss what you should be feeding them, uh, what you shouldn't be feeding them, uh, what they need to sort of stay happy and healthy in their little cage and what is their housing, and um, we'll touch on worming and parasites i guess as well yeah so just before we get started just my little disclaimer um this is just general information and it may or may not be suited for you and your pet and if you have any concerns please contact your vet and okay glenn let's get into it budgies and cockatiels what the biggest thing is let's face it what are we going to feed them these Uh, days you've got seeds you've got pellets you've got heaps of different things i mean there's millions of budgies have got by with a seed mix (laughs) That's true. Living in a little cage with a bit of wood dowel yeah. stuck in there and a mirror on one side. Yep. Um, For a lot. Probably time. not the most stimulation <laughs> at, the end, at the end of the day. Um, yeah, look, there's there's very uh, effective ways to feed your budgies and cocktails these days that aren't just seed-based because mm. the problem is like they, they eat seeds and, and they can get addicted to seeds and they really like yeah. seeds. I look at it a bit like McDonald's or fast foods um, oh. for birds, essentially. I mean, if you think of where budgies and cockatiels live, they're flying around in mm-hmm. big flocks by the thousands in outback Australia, yeah. um, flying up to 100 kilometres a day, chasing food and water. So they're working pretty hard. Working pretty hard, um, which is a lot different to eating a seed smorgasbord and mm. living in a little cage, realistically. Yep. So they're probably doing about... Five percent of the exercise that they yeah. are genetically designed to do, um, sure, and, eat, and eating a diet that's about a hundred times more <laughs> energy dense than what they can scruff around and rummage yep. around and find in the in the wild. So, yeah. So if they're that, out in the wild, well, they main, they're mainly just picking off the seeds and the they're they're eating seeds when they can find them. Yep. Um, but they're a different type of seed to what you get from yeah, a they're your wild com- flower commercial seeds yeah, yeah like wild that. grasses like native yep. grasses in Australia. And but I mean, they're not designed for grain storage, yes, like they yeah. haven't been genetically selected for, for mm-hmm. maximising the carbohydrate content, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, millet's probably the main seed that you see in mm-hmm. most budgie and, which and is top of mixes, which is a top of grass. Yeah. Um, but again, it's been um, selected for its grain content, yeah. essentially. Um, so comparing that to like your little native seeds, like there's a lot lower energy and a lot higher mm-hmm. fibre and um, uh, more indigestible stuff in mm-hmm. there. And they've got to work harder for it. Like there's not just a, a bunch of it sitting sitting yeah. there all in one spot. They actually I can just pull it off themselves. Yeah, pull it off and, and there's one here and there's one there and mm. there's one there and, and it's, you know, it's on the ground and it's up yep. up on the And they're fighting others for it. Fighting others for it and trying to not get eaten by guanas <laughs> and snakes and that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and larger birds and hawks and that sort of thing. So, so pet birds yeah. have it real easy. <laughs> yeah, well, real easy but real hard at the same time. Yeah. Um, so we're just trying to not exactly mimic nature but to mm-hmm. definitely give them a, a balanced diet mm-hmm. because um, metabolically you know I see lots of pets in trouble with um, well metabolic disease essentially so that's fatty liver disease and um, fatty tumors and yeah. just obesity essentially and, and all the problems that go along with it uh, and that's get obese just a really off absolutely track. like it's kind of hard to tell if a bird's fat. It is because it's covered in feathers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot of the time you got to 
stick your hands on me in summer, you can just look at them and say, God, you're really fat. Um, <laughs> because there's just like, they look like they're fluffed up, but they're not fluffed up because okay. they're just that fat. Um, but that's nowhere near healthy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's due to yeah, excessive energy and lack yeah. of exercise, basically. And even if you exercise them all, they're too heavy to nearly fly some of them. Yeah. Um, even if they could. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's that's the main problem. And okay. if you've just got a small sport to see, they're, they're going to eat it. That's yeah. And sometimes that's what they're used to eating. And it's mm-hmm. more difficult to try and convince them otherwise sometimes. Mm. But, but definitely, um, like just having yeah a, a straight seed mix there, and then a little millet honey stick, yeah, um, which you can treat get, and, and it's a treat stick. But I mean, usually it's basically their diet stick. Mm. Um, and then you know some a little bit of fruit and veggies if they're lucky, sort of thing. So there's definitely a better way to feed them than than just that. And and as far as a, a pre-mix to try and give them a balance, if you give them a selection of different seeds mm-hmm. um, and you can buy different you know, mixes of seeds, they're going to pick out the nicest ones yeah, or what they like the most. Um, and that's usually the highest energy and the highest um, fat ones, which mm. isn't probably what they need. Yep. Um, and it's not giving them a variety um, in the, the diet that they require. So probably not the nutrients and the... Not, not, not the nutrients that, that they actually need. They get, yeah. And they're yeah. not just seed eaters. I mean, they do like eating seeds, but they're certainly yeah. not just seed eaters. And we'll go through the other stuff that you can that you can feed them. But as a base diet, um, I mean, there's, again, you're not looking at birds in the wild. Mm-hmm. Um, there's commercially available diets that are like pelletized, mm-hmm. which effectively mean that they've got all the micronutrients mixed in there um, and the balance is in the actual pellet. So if you can get them to eat the pellet, well, they're then um, eating what is closer to a balanced diet than, yes. than just a seed alone. So the pellets, they're actually like, well, they are like a little horse pellet essentially. But yeah, little pellets. Really tiny. Really tiny. Pellets, yeah. um, and I mean, some of them sort of look a bit Seed-like in mm, shape as well. They're, you know, they're all yeah. extruded. I mean, they're all manufactured and, and processed, mm. sort of thing, and different colours. And, and colours can mm. be important for some birds, and, and they get, get selective yeah. about what colours they want. But the main thing is, like, you can't mix. Like, there's no point mixing a few pellets in and, and giving them seed otherwise and expecting them to eat, okay, a mixture of that. Okay, like, you, you can't fool them into eating that just because it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to try and train them over time. And ideally, it's obviously, you know, raise them on that in the first place. Okay, and that's yeah. what they accept as food. And, and that's, you know, the easy way to go. Um, but if you're trying to transition an adult bird over from, you know, a straight seed diet, mm-hmm. it can take days or weeks or months um, to try and transition them over and, and that could be, you know, just have it on offer um, as well as their seed okay. and just slowly decrease the amount of, of seed that they've got or, um, you know, remove the seed for a couple of hours a day or something okay. like that so they haven't got it as an option there but, but they, you know, there's birds that are starved to death from just putting, yeah, yeah, just putting, yeah, okay, I'm going to feed you pellets now, um, here's your pellets and I'm not going to give you seeds anymore. Okay. Like some of them just so they're pretty stubborn. Well, they just don't recognise it's food. Oh, yeah, um, okay. Sometimes, yeah, like they just, it's just, okay, that's not food, I've never seen that before mm-hmm. and, and don't recognise it as, as edible, yeah. Because birds, um, Actually, they pretty much graze all day, don't they? Yeah, like I mean, they've they've got their little crops, and that's um, yeah. how that they sort of store a little bit of food in there. But especially smaller birds, I mean, their um, um, metabolism is quite fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they they don't have a morning breakfast and then a nighttime no. meal or anything like that. They're they're eating you know, a fair bit of the time. And again, you know, if you're a cage bird and and not getting a lot of exercise that's and anything else to do, do. you you're eating because it's something to do yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. So. And that's interesting because you don't obviously you don't want your birds starving, so that's why you sort of t- 
take everything else away for a couple of, just a couple of hours and offer them the pellets. You can do it that way. Um, and, and it's just doing it slowly because yeah. yeah, you just don't, and particularly if they're already overweight or obese and their, okay. you know, liver's not working properly, mm. the last thing you want is to put starvation in there because their liver's not functioning normally mm-hmm. in the first place. Um, and you can get a sick bird, you know, very yeah. quickly that way, but it's still, you know, you can teach an old bird new tricks and, and, you know, transition them over in that direction. Yep. And sometimes it's finding something that's, you know, better than what they're getting now. Yeah. Um, and then if you can get them eating that, well, then, you know, try and steer them further in the better direction sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, it, it is unfortunately a really big problem that we see in um, in veterinary practice when we're dealing with these little birds. Yeah, so yeah. ideally we want them on a really good pellet-based diet. We're pellet going to try and scrap the seeds. And that's not the only thing that they're going to eat. Yeah. Um, and it's not that they can't have seeds, but if you've got a balance of everything else that's in there um, as well. The occasional bit of seed's not going to do harm. It's not going to do any harm, yep. yeah. But it's just a, a predominantly or basically only seed-based yes. diet. If they've got... Fast food takeaways since <laughs> there. Um, it's pretty hard to convince them to, to eat yep. um, other stuff sometimes, particularly when they haven't been exposed to it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what else should we be um, giving them? Because out in the wild they're obviously going to get bits of fruit and grass and green stuff yep. and um, actual live plant – well, what was plants? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so. um, and they are, but again, it's not going to be um, – they're not going to stumble across a peeled banana. No. <laughs> um, so, you know, sugary stuff um, in the fruit and vegetable department, I mean, fruits you – know, more concentrated mm-hmm. energy source of sugar and that sort of thing, and it can be part of their diet certainly, but you don't want to, you know, just feed them pellets and watermelon. Yes. Okay. Um, so you know, it, it's a doing things varied, and sometimes it's if they if you find something they really 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 like, well maybe it's they don't get that very often because they really really like it. Yes. Um, so, so they just gorge themselves. <laughs> yeah. So it's a bit like us, you know, mm-hmm. eating something that you really like versus Chocolate. your broccoli and um, <laughs> broccoli and Brussels sprouts <laughs> and beans. I mean, sometimes you yeah, okay. You know, you've just got to eat it. Yeah. Um, it's good for you. It doesn't taste as good as yeah. something else, but um, but you just sort of just got to eat it. And, and they haven't got that decision um, to make sometimes, but it's just really a variety of mm-hmm. things um, that you can give them. And there's a vast variety of fruit and veggies you can give them. There's a yep. few that, that are sure. you know, potentially a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, things like green leafy veggies in general um, are really good things, um, like your um, silver beets and kales mm-hmm. and I mean green grasses you know, are really good food if you've got just green, green, green grass stone, just and I mean it's recreational as well they'll pull it and some they'll, they'll eat oh, some yeah. of it and sometimes they'll just shred it up and, and do that yeah. recreationally as well and that's not a bad thing because yeah. again they've probably got an extra 10 or 12 hours a day that mm. they didn't um, nature didn't intend them to have um, as far as they're not having to fly around and, and forage and find a seed here and there so um, this it's just having stuff in there that they can recreationally make a mess of and, and pull apart yeah, um, is, a, is a good thing as well, yeah. So we're not going to stick a whole apple in their cage? Um, I mean, you could, but not an apple every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they're going to... If they like apples and they're used mm-hmm. to eating apples, they'll pull some off. But yeah, if, if again, if you gave them just apples, well, that's not a balanced yeah. diet. It's about variety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just, um, yeah, a bit of apple and a bit of, um, orange and a bit of few peas and a bit of banana and some fresh corn and some capsicum mm-hmm. and you know, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's really just not one thing. And, um, the old, you know, cos lettuce and iceberg lettuce, mm-hmm. the, the pale leafy greens, there's nothing specifically wrong with it, but it's not very, um, uh, high in any particular nutrients by yeah, itself, like it's, it's mostly water. water. Yep. Um, but I mean, you know, fresh green grass is mostly water as well, mm. but it's just varying their diet. Yeah. Yep. So what are, there's a few things that we definitely should never share with our bird. And I guess, um, well, let's say the things that you've definitely got to avoid, um, chocolate, Yep. alcohol, don't let them have a sip of you. It's not funny. No, it's not, not a drug parrot. I'm sure there's YouTube videos out there, but it's, not, fun. it's not funny. Don't. It's yeah. really not going to yeah. do much I mean, you know, a little... 
stimulants and that sort of thing that you know are effective on people. They're really, really effective on little birds well, with, with high metabolisms. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So we're going to avoid the chocolate, the alcohol, uh, I guess coffee and caffeine and caffeinated drinks all falls into that as Correct. well. Correct. Yep. Yep. Um, a couple of oh, dairy, so cheeses, milk. What do we think about that? <laughs> um, again, a little nibble on a bit of cheese every now and then is not going to do any harm. Um, yep. If it's the – 40% of your diet, it's a problem, yeah. yeah. So it's not nothing specifically toxic about it. And, and yeah, sometimes they like nibbling on a bit of cheese, yeah. but, but again, you know, it's just variety. Yeah. 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 Um, there's a few oh, vegetables and fruits. So avocados are bad for birds. Yes. Um, mushrooms, garlic, parsley. Yep. Um, what else? Onions. Like Onion, onions, yeah, and anemia troubles and, and mm-hmm. other bits and pieces. Parsley, I mean, again, a bit of parsley every now and then is probably okay. Yep. Um, but there's some, yeah, plenty of oxalates in it, which isn't necessarily good. Mm-hmm. Um, and coriander's in the same boat. Yep. It's probably worse than um, than the parsley side of things. And, and again, there's plenty of birds have had plenty of parsley over the years and, and have been mm-hmm. fine. But yep. if you decide, okay, it's parsley week and that's all you're going to get, <laughs> that's going to be a problem. Yep. Yeah. Um, tomatoes, or is it just tomato leaves that are the problem? Tomato leaves, potentially. Yeah. Um, tomatoes themselves are fine. I mean, yeah. again, it's just another recreational fruit yeah. that they can you know, eat some of and pull apart, and, and yeah. um, it's you know, part of a balance would be fine. And the um, seeds and pits from different fruits, like, say, your apple core or your the seeds out of it, or what about the pits from, like, your stone fruits and stuff? Are yeah, they- potentially. I mean, they're high in cyanides and bits and yeah. pieces if they can crack them open and get in, get into them. And, and we're talking birds about probably these little ones, yeah. yeah. so, I mean, I wouldn't be worried about the, the you know, a couple of apple seeds and that sort of thing, yeah. but again, if you're only on an apple diet or yeah. throwing your apple cores in there or something and giving it more yeah. a concentrated source, it's, um, it wouldn't be a good idea. It's all about varieties. Yeah, all about variety. And there's a couple, you know, specific, you know, toxic things, but yeah. it's, it's really, you know, there's such a huge variety of both fruit and veggies that you can go for yep. and, and you know your chinese vegetables are, are really good um cabbages cabbages and wombox and bok choys yep. and all that sort of thing um peas fresh mm. corn um and again not you know not processed um stuff but, but no, fresh corn, corn. On the cob. corn on the cob yep um, Which is but, really good because I actually have to pull it off. Yep. It actually keeps them entertained for a Absolutely, while. Absolutely, yep. Um, and beans and cucumbers and pineapple and yeah. you know, chickpeas and things like plums and dates and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I mean, again, nothing to excess, but all those mm-hmm. sort of things would be fine. Um, grapes and raspberries and yeah, your green leafies like your silver beet and kale. I mean, they're quite high in micronutrients. It's, yep. you know, blueberries and your berries and that sort of thing. Yep. But again, you know. You're not going to give them a tub of blueberries a well, day because it, it's yeah. the only thing that's you know, that's not anything like what they'd get in the wild. Or if they did get mm-hmm. it, they might get it for you know, a week or two when that yep. particular you know, fruiting plant was available, but then it's not going to be available for the rest of the year. So, so um, I guess that's the biggest thing to keep in mind is that, well, they're very little creatures in yes. size-wise to us. So they're not going to need a whole punnet of something. No. <laughs> you it's, can just it's just them- you know, eight, one, yes. you know, one blueberries, yeah. A stack. Yep. Yeah, a little bit of apple. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not give them a whole head of broccoli. And, yeah. yeah. And then when green leafy stuff, I mean, that, again, can be more recreational. I mean, some yeah. just love pulling all apart and, and making yeah. a big mess, and, and that's not a problem. But if you yeah, if you put half an orange in there and they're pulling out apart and eating the whole thing, like, yeah. they're getting a pretty good um, <laughs> sugar rush from that, probably. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess that's – do they need any supplements? Like, if they're on a good – pellet-based diet with all these little additives of the fruit and the veg and yeah. things on the side. They really shouldn't need any supplement. Really sick, they shouldn't. I mean, um, pet birds versus breeding birds, I mean, two different things. If you've yes, got a female okay. that's, you know, doing plenty of um, egg laying, they've got obviously high calcium and, um, yep. and amino acid requirements. And, I mean, there's 
pelletized foods that are, are balanced for you know breeding applications versus growing applications mm-hmm. versus adult um, applications as well. So um, there's there's definitely you know basic diets in there, but if they're on a a suitable basic diet and they're getting a large variety of other stuff. I mean, you really shouldn't need to give a normal bird that's healthy um, any other, you know, supplements as yep. such. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Uh, I guess what we want to sort of talk on their housing because we keep saying, you know, birds in the wild are out flying around and um, getting a lot of exercise. I mean, our little budgies and cockatiels are often in a very small cage or like nothing like in the wild. Yep. Um, so we need to be able to keep them entertained and keep their – them happy and them not we don't want them getting bored we want them to be an enriched happy life yeah that's right and i mean at the end of the day they're social creatures i mean they're mm. used to being in these enormous flocks of birds are, um right. and you know when they pair up they're not truly monogamous but they're yeah. you know they they definitely become very attached to certain individuals mm-hmm. um so i mean that human interaction is something that they definitely crave mm-hmm. I mean, if they're hand raised and, and yeah, they're you know, tame and they're quiet and you've um you know developed the right um, <laughs> relationship with them and they're happy for you to be around. They're, it's not just grab them and cut their wings once every no. three, three months or something like that and that's the only interaction they, really they have. Want um, yeah, I mean, if they're happy with that, I mean, the more exercise they can get out and about safely mm-hmm. within the house, um, other pets depending and open windows mm-hmm. depending and, and ceiling, ceiling fans depending <laughs> and that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, that's, you know, can be a big part of their environmental yeah. enrichment is the time that they get, you know, active human yep. time sort of thing. Walking around um, on your shoulder and yep. stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, in the cage, obviously, you know, the, the bigger the cage, the, the more better. opportunity for movement and, and other environmental enrichment mm-hmm. stuff in enrichment stuff in there. But definitely I see um, pets in cages that, you know, they're, they're Perching is very important, so the, the things that they've actually got the yeah um, the thing that they stand on because yes, um, they hang off the side of the cage as well. But mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, they're standing on fake branches or real branches, and that's all the time because they can't lie down. That's right. <laughs> um, so you buy your cage from the pet shop or wherever you get it from, mm-hmm. and, and it's got the little um, machine downed rod, down rod mm. in there, um, which puts the same amount of pressure on the same little part of their foot all the time, yep. essentially. So if that's the only thing that they've got to stand on, I see lots of birds with you know, sore feet and foot mm-hmm. sores and, and pressure sores um, on their feet from from just having the one size yes. um, branch in there. So, you know, you can keep them in there if you want to, or I mean, preferably um, if you're living somewhere where there's you've got access to trees and shrubs yeah. and stuff, I mean, just yeah, rotate some new sticks through there yep. and have that as their... Um, as their perching points. Most and of them are safe if we were to walk out in the Basically, park I mean, or avoiding oleander and green sestrum, yeah. but I mean, any native plants, basically. A dead branch that's fallen yeah, off the tree. Dead branch just, that's fallen yep. off the tree. Um, and, you know, gum leaves and, mm. and um, you yeah, know, native. A bit of bottle brush and stuff. Yeah, all that sort of thing. And I mean, again, they're probably just going to shred it and make a big mess. Yeah. Um, but that's fun for them. And, and you know, rough bark on branches and that sort mm. of thing. You can, they can sit there and pick at it and, and, yeah. um, and make a bit of a mess with that as well. But again, it's, you know, it's recreational as well. That's right. Um, look, if it's got visible birds, Bird poop on it, you're probably going to give it a scrub off or just get one that hasn't got a bit of bird poop yeah. on it before you put it in there. I mean, just to avoid any sort of cross contamination with parasites. Yeah, cross contamination with parasites. I mean, there are, um, you know, both um, worm style parasites and also bacterial infections yes. um, and mega bacteria, like different sort of. Um, single cellular parasite infections that they can get that that can cause problems. Um, Nothing in life is 100%. (laughs) um, But, you know, if if you'd... Yeah, if your branch isn't visibly contaminated, I mean, it's either scrub it off and let it um, dry again and put it in there um, mm-hmm. or just make sure it's clean, yeah, essentially. Give it a brush yeah. off, yeah. 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 So that's the – I mean, there's lots of toys out there as well. Heaps of toys. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, f- food and natural stuff, I mean, is – Idea. To- toys are great. Yep. Um, and, you know, variety toys and some birds, you know, love their various different things and mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, 
you know, the, the more natural you can keep mm-hmm. it, the better. And, and natural sometimes means messier as well. It does you know, mean if, messier, you, if you've got right. access to, you know, if there's grass that's up in seed and flowering around mm-hmm. the place, I mean, you can, you know, put that in there and, and they can decide if they want to eat it or just want to play with play it or with just, it, yeah. just ignore it. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> yeah, true. And if they ignore it, well, that's fine. Just try yeah. something else. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely environmental enrichment stuff you can do in the, in the toy, um, department and, and you can, some of those, uh, you know, hiding small amounts of food in it or mm-hmm. incorporating, you know, food as part of a play behavior and, mm-hmm. and, make them work a little bit harder for it and, yes. and that's definitely part of it um but it's yeah, it's just making their um, life not harder but just more interesting yeah yeah just to keep them entertained a little yeah, bit i absolutely. mean otherwise you think being stuck in this little square box for 24 hours a day seven days a week yeah and i mean look you know they're very they are very sociable and and they're not in the wild you know interacting Hundred percent of the time, and and you know they probably sleep for seven to eight hours yeah. a night, and all that sort of thing. But it's really yeah, the the more enrichment you make their life, um, it's definitely not going to do any harm. And you know, there's lots of studies about immune system status and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the happier you are, certainly the healthier. Yeah. yeah. So should you have two? Since you know they naturally like to be in big flocks. Depends. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, boys and girls. There's the. Yep. Social social interactions <laughs> sort of things there that can be a problem. Um, and I mean, sometimes you know, two boys in together sometimes works and sometimes it doesn't. Okay. Um, I mean, they are social creatures, and and it's more so you know you don't want them stressed and stuck in together. Um, yep. If they've got enough room and enrichment, I mean, usually it goes fine. Yep. Um, but yeah, you just don't want you know one little stress bird um, getting another. Um, Bird may bullying it or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it may be the right thing to do. It may not be. Yeah. yeah. So it's just yeah, have have the environment and the diet and everything else um, sorted first, and then it's really up to you. You know, if mm. if you want um, you know, more social interaction yeah. and have a solitary bird, they're probably going to be more into you potentially. That's it. Yeah, you um, the person of the yeah, party. Yeah, but um, but then if you haven't got you know a lot of time for social interaction, yeah, I mean, they're still social creatures. So yeah. if you've got another bird or birds for them to be social with, well, that's a good idea as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, with the location of the cage mm-hmm. in within the house, I mean, being social, we want them to be somewhere that we're frequently. We don't want them locked up in a study somewhere. Yeah, look, ideally, <laughs> I mean, you know, if you want, if you've got a pet for it to be around and you, yeah. um, you want to it. see, it, you don't want it to be in the spare room, sort of thing. Yep. Yeah, um, and I mean, as far as environment goes. Um, a couple of things to think about. They ideally, I mean, you don't want to freeze them. They don't, mm-hmm. you don't want it to be too cold. You don't want to be too hot. Um, they really probably need sunshine, mm-hmm. um, and that's yes. probably sunshine not through a window because they don't make their own vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Um, the same as people and, and plenty of other animals and um, UV light that comes through windows. Well, UV light doesn't come through windows. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, in the sun through a window um, isn't going to allow them to make um, vitamin D, and it's probably underestimated um, as far as how um, important it is so yeah. yeah i mean some sunshine somewhere um during the week as in direct sunshine so if you can pop their cage idea. outside for a couple of hours yeah really just while you're home to supervise yeah, stuff yeah. what's going on um and you do and, want to be home to supervise if you're putting them outside well it's being, a new thing just being safe yeah because so. you don't know if the neighborhood cat's going to come and try Cat, and get cats, in or other the other pets, birds. other birds all sorts of stuff yeah rats snakes um, yeah, all sorts of stuff. But yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I think the sunlight side of things is, is certainly underestimated, mm. and and um, lots of you know people that are into you know, breeding um, fancy mm-hmm. birds and that sort of thing um, have certainly found over the years that um, sunlight is very important as far as reproductive status and that okay. sort of things goes. So if you just you know squirrel them away in, in artificial light, yeah. um, it's it's probably not great. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay, so that's definitely something to think about. Yeah. I see. Other thing, um, 
wanted to just touch on is just your general health, like the care, so worming a bird because yeah. it um, can sometimes be forgotten about as well, I guess. As yeah, it? look, and it depends on the environment and if it's primarily inside bird with yes. no access to you know, other birds flying Disease in. Yeah, things, yeah. yeah. Well, just, <laughs> yeah, just you know, native birds coming and flying on top of the yes. cage and pooping in and that sort of thing. Um, it's the actual like actual worm parasites are, mm-hmm. are probably quite low. Um, if you're you know, rinsing off vegetable matter and stuff before, mm-hmm. it, before it comes in, it's, it's probably really quite low and most of the parasites problems that we see they, they probably come from like a breeding facility or yep. um uh, from other in contact well, they, birds yeah, essentially that's it. they yeah. really have to have contact with um something else to catch these things. they've got to get them from somewhere yes yeah. they're not so, just going to catch them sitting um, in your house I mean, you could definitely say you know once every six months um to worm, worm your bird with an in-water wormer mm-hmm. um that's suitable for your for your bird and use just you know as per instruction just um use that as the sole source of water yes. for, for 24 hours essentially um it's not going to do any harm and, and it's going to you know, potentially kill any parasites mm-hmm. if they had been exposed to them yeah. um and you know when you first get them that's probably a good idea to yes. do that yes. um depending depending on where you get them from and, and you're know, never 100% sure what mm. um, husbandry procedures they've had before you get them. So that would probably be reasonable to, you know, so you don't want to be inheriting the worm burden, or parasite yeah. burden they've already got. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some specific um, megabacteria and, and other um, bacterial infections that they can harbour in a, you know, a, a multi-bird situation mm-hmm. like in a... In a um, in a hatchery sort of situation that can be quite problematic and, and there's nothing that you can do that specifically counteracts that without, you know, prescription medications, that sort so of thing. Then you need to get them into your vet. Yeah, you need to get them into your them. vet yep. and talking about that, um, wasting disease and that sort of yep. thing. A, a couple of different problems there. But, you know, as far as your general um, preventative health measures, yeah, I mean, once every six months worming, there's probably no reason <laughs> that you need to be doing any more often than that. Yeah. And they really shouldn't be catching anything else like your lice or mites and stuff. But if they don't have them in the door. first place, yeah. um, They've got to get them from somewhere. So, yes, yeah, so unless they've got other in-contact birds, they're not going to get them from you mm-hmm. know, out of thin air. Yeah. I mean, there are sprays and treatments, powders and yeah, stuff that oh, you absolutely. can treat them for. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's always best if you're not 100% sure what's going on, get in touch with your vet because yeah. um, birds are, oh, I guess they're a little bit fragile. <laughs> yeah, I'd sort of describe them as live fast, die young. Um, I mean, and some of them can be you know, reasonably long lived in a you know a solitary situation, mm-hmm. and and you know breeding um, females are a different story. They've got you know some more metabolic demands placed on them if they're so they if they're laying lots of eggs and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah they, everything just wears out a little bit faster. Um, but you know, they, hopefully they're going to be around for you know several years or. So or, our little like our budgies are now. Um, canaries and cockatiels, or they're not going to live as long as these cockatoos that people say can live to a hundred years. No, cockatoos are pretty long lived. They're yeah. on the on the long end of the spectrum. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of um, budgies and cock and cockatiels that are around for you know ten to twelve to thirteen yep. years, and the odd one at fifteen, and and yeah. You know, some record breakers that go for longer than that, but um, there's, Around there's the plenty, plenty that start having troubles at you know five or six or seven years yep. of age. Yeah, so they definitely burn out a lot quicker. They do. Yeah, yep. I mean, the, yeah, cockatoo, the cockatoos are, are yeah, different. <laughs> They're fish. the ones who ride into your will. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's <laughs> nice, noisy ones. You could um, yeah, make some preparations for them when you're gone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing I just want to mention is um, water. We need to also always make sure that our birds have got a good, clean source of fresh water. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and that's you know, very important, yes. and preferably have it away from you know food spoilage and that sort of thing. But but they can be pretty grotty little buggers sometimes yeah, too, depending on where they're at. And and you've got the standard you know um, bowl or thing that's hanging off the edge of the mm. cage, like a, a um, 
a water receptacle as such, and then you've got the, the bubbly water and that sort of thing. Yes, yeah, so, um, so a couple of different options there. But the main thing is, you know, regardless of what it is, you just got to make sure they've got fresh water available yeah. all the time. Yeah, because if once it's soiled, it's it's soiled and not much. Good. And they'll often not want to drink it then. So yeah, or, or drink it if they really have to, and that's not the best thing either. No. Yeah. And they do like to jump in and have a bath in their water too. So they can. Yep. <laughs> that. So water goes everywhere. Yep. But so, that's when you so, need. You can, so you can schedule a little saucepan down the bottom of the cage for a, yeah. an actual bath for them, which yeah. is better than them trying to bath in their little water bowl. Yes. <laughs> so uh, yes, that's something else to keep in mind. Also wanted to ask you, Glenn, which is a common question, how do you tell the difference between a male and a female, say a little cockatiel or a budgie? Yep. Um, you could be a little bit facetious and, and <laughs> say that if it's a female, if you stick your finger in its mouth, you're not going to get your finger back out. <laughs> is that true, though? Um, <laughs> Are you saying the females have worse attitudes? Well, if they're in the wild, the females are – struggling to get a nesting site because there's not many hollow logs and little places where they live so they've got to sort of fight other birds off yeah. for that and then so we've got a tougher <laughs> defend defend their eggs from lizards and goannas and snakes and stuff that want to eat their eggs so and it's just our mama genes kicking in potentially yeah whereas <laughs> boys just think about reproducing and that's about it so they're more sociable and, and happy to and make happy again, happy to make other. friends yeah um so i mean in general yeah there's a the theory that, that the males are potentially um more sociable and um make better pets i mean there's plenty of female pets out there mm. that people are very happy with um but yeah the, the males um have got a reputation for being um a bit um happier and more sociable are they yeah. normally the more talkative ones still? um mm. sometimes yes sometimes yeah. no yeah they've both got their own um well Males and females mm. sing and have songs. Males might mimic things a little bit better because, mm-hmm. again, they're trying to um, make friends, make friends and, and reproduce the song of the female because oh. then she's going to love him if he can <laughs> recite her song um, oh. well. Yeah. That's sweet. So the males sometimes are, are better at um, learning to talk as such. Mm, yeah. 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 Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Might not be some women out there liking you right now, but that's okay. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, not the, there's the little um, – the nostril um, colouring um, is the main way that you can tell their sex association. So males are? Um, males are more red to pink when they're younger mm-hmm. and the females are sort of blue with a little bit of white speckles, basically. Um, is that the but, same as they get older? Um, it gets more obvious as they get older, okay. but um, if you're trying to pick a young one, which one yeah. you want when they're younger, it can be a little bit more subtle. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, I mean, hopefully you're getting from somewhere that's um, already, or, already um, given you a good idea on if, mm. if you've got a preference, um, which one you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Is there anything else you want to add about caring for your budget? Oh, look, there's concerned? heaps and heaps of different stuff, but that's sort of the main basics. It's yep. really, um, you know, the main thing that we've got to influence their um, lives um, as far as their health-wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty, much, pretty, pretty much diet. Um, yep. Happiness is, you know, okay. diet as well as their environment and everything yep. else. But, but yeah, I mean, what they – if they – the wrong food, um, it can be very detrimental mm. to them, um, and that's really the most important thing to, to get yep. across. It's um, you know, there's plenty of birds have lived quite happily on just a seed mm-hmm. only diet um, for a long time, but it's it's certainly not ideal and it causes lots yeah. of problems. So know. time and research, I guess, has shown that the pellets, these new pellet feeds, which have been around for a while now, but yeah. they're more ideal if we can get them our birds onto them. If you can get them onto them and, and ideally have them on in the first place. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, it's much easier yeah. to start them on that. Absolutely. 
And I guess if you've ever got any worries, because as I said, they are a little bit fragile. So if you're ever thinking they're not looking too well or a bit off colour or stopped eating or whatever it is. Yeah, if there's any of those things, they're probably really sick. Yeah. Yeah, they, <laughs> they cover up signs of ill health very well. Yeah, um, and good. a lot of the time, you know, if they look abnormal at all, a lot of the time they're, they're already, you know, quite quite, quite ill. Yeah, yeah. so there's um, the time to, to do something about it. And yep. Contact your um, contact bird you. biased vet and, um, and let them have a look and see what's going on. Yeah, do all vets deal with birds? Or oh, look, I think of- I think these days just about all vets do. Yeah. I mean, some vets, have, I mean, there's, there's avian specialists um, yes. and there's people with special interest in birds, but, you know, just your general practice. I mean, there's there's lots and lots of birds mm-hmm. out there. There's probably more um, pet birds in Australia than there are pet cats and dogs, mm. um, but that doesn't mean that they all go to the vets. No. Um, but um, but there's lots and lots of birds out there and, and there's, you know, there's, there'd be a vet in your area that's very happy to see your bird yep. and is very knowledgeable about it. Yeah. yeah. So maybe just have a check before you Skin ring up. Yep. yep. That's right. All right. Well, I think that's all I've got to ask you. Yep. You got anything else to add? No, all good. All right. And that's it. That ends our bird discussion. Today. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye.